Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast. Y'all already know what the mission is, and that is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with mental health conditions and to normalize the mental health conversation. It's a special Monday, y'all, and let me tell you why. Today is my 30th birthday. Hey, so this episode is super special to me because we have a special guest who is like somebody that's extremely close to me. And we've I've been trying to get her to do the podcast for a very long time. And she finally mustered up the courage and agreed to do it. So just because she's been working on her own mental health and focusing on getting better, and she's just doing really, really well. And this person is none other than my amazing mom. So let's get into this episode and then y'all let me know what y'all think about this episode. So happy Monday. It's a new episode. And I always say that I'm excited about every episode, but I'm really, really excited about this one because we got a special guest on the podcast, my mama. And she's going to talk about some of her challenges and how my challenges also have impacted her. So welcome, mommy. Hey, girl. Hey, Kia. How are you? I'm doing good. So let's jump right in. Well, when you were growing up, was mental health talked about? No. Just a typical regular family, black family. What goes on in the house stays in the house. Everything swept under the rug. Um, only thing that you were heard about mental is somebody being crazy. And that's about it. But it was never talked about. So it just always had a negative view it was never talked about in a positive light so yes yes it was never talked about at all I probably no I probably didn't hear anything about mental health until I'd be thinking about you know not really going to say but not us of color yeah that's what most people say so what did you think about mental health before I started opening up about my struggles honestly I never really thought about it um, I would just see people and know that they have, you know, some type of issues going on. But that was as far as it went. Never thought no more about it because I felt as though it didn't affect me or anybody around me. So I really didn't care about it, honestly. Hmm. Okay. So how did you feel when I opened up about the abuse? Did you feel like I was airing dirty laundry? What you, about my abuse? Yeah. Did you feel like I was airing dirty laundry? Like, Telling what was going on inside the house? Um, I didn't like it because, like I said, growing up, it was one of them things that was taught. It stays in the house. Nobody needs to know what's going on. You know, you smile and keep it going and you deal with it. And I honestly didn't see what you saw. I didn't see abuse. It was just, to me, I thought it was more like dysfunction. But when you think of somebody being abused, you think of black eyes and busted lips and stuff like that. But mental abuse is, is something different. Because you can't really see it yourself because you're in it. It sometimes has to take someone from the outside to see certain things. And you don't see your own stuff. So you didn't start notice. So you didn't accept that it was abuse until 
I started saying it or when did you start? When did it like click? It took a long time to click because like I said, I never thought about the mental abuse of it. I just always thought about the physical. Um, It still took me a long time to realize that it was mental due to the fact maybe certain things that were being said, I just kind of accepted it. And, and then I had to learn about it. It didn't actually, I actually didn't learn about it until actually I started therapy. Okay. That makes sense. So how did my suicide attempt impact you? It was a wake up call. It, it really had me to focus on mental, mental health. I'm like, because I actually didn't, I never saw anybody that was going through that. Um, there were certain things that you would say to me that I realized within myself, but I'm like, no, because I can always like bounce back, you know, because, you know, sometimes people just keep going and going and it becomes their normal. And when it happened to you, it took on another light. Now I have to become educated. How do I help you get through? Um, because I know there were times when, when we would talk about it, I would say things that was negative and learning that wasn't a good thing to say because it was, if it was never taught to you, how can you teach somebody else? So then that's when I started trying to become aware. I listen more to you. Um, but it just had me take a look at myself to understand um, where did I go wrong? What did I miss? How did I miss it? Um, and a lot of other things that, that just go into it. And that's when I decided, you know, maybe I should try to do something for myself. But that's what I kept saying. But I never did. I was always focused on just you. How can I help you? At the same time, I wasn't really helping you because I wasn't really helping myself, but I thought I was helping you. Not knowing that some of my struggles became some of your struggles. Um, Therefore, it just goes on from there. So what are things you learned from my mental health journey? What I learned is patience. Really patient. You have to learn to listen to what somebody's saying. Um, Don't discredit what somebody else is feeling because how you're feeling about something, I may not, we can both be feeling the same thing, but we react to it in different ways. Um, so therefore, like when you say things, I, I just try to listen, observe and try to give the best, you know, possible answer. Cause I don't want to say anything to you that may be triggering to you because now I learned what triggers are. Um, and you open not only my eyes, the whole family as well. Because none of us really talked about it. None of us accepted that. You know, I didn't think of depression as being real. Only thing I would think of is, like, if people have, like, the real, not saying, I don't want to say real, but the, the ones that they say are norm, like bipolar and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. when you think of depression, you can't, you can't really see depression. And especially if somebody has it and you don't really know what it is. I've been called lazy sometimes. It wasn't that I was. I wanted to do something, but I just physically and mentally couldn't. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I think sometimes they look at depression as people being lazy when it's not the case. It's the lack of motivation. That's one mm-hmm. of the symptoms of depression. So what would you say is one thing you learned from going into treatment for your mental health and your struggles with alcohol? Honestly, when I went into treatment, I really didn't think that it would be something that I could get out of it because as of now we're in a COVID situation um, and everything was like virtual. And I'm like, this is really not going to help me. You know, what am I doing? But honestly, but I didn't go into therapy because of the alcohol. I really went in 
going in for my for my mental, but didn't learn that that the way I was drinking was also covering up a lot of things that I had been dealing with. Um, and therapy was really an eye opener because there were a lot of a lot of people that you meet that's in the same struggle. Um, you know, whatever their situation is, whatever their addiction is, whatever their mental health, we all had a common goal, and a common goal was to get better and be supportive for each other. And that's one thing I liked about it was the, the support, the support of it. So now I can help support you a little bit better. It's even times when I say, oh, Takiya, this is what I learned today. da 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 You go, okay, mom, you was in class. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was really an eye-opener. But as far as the alcohol, I didn't see my alcohol as an issue. Um, I, when, I, when I knew it was, when I was just drinking and drinking just to, like, forget things, and I would get up, go to work, after work, then I start because that was like, that was my way of checking out, not having to deal with anything because if I'm sweet or whatever, I don't have to deal with it. Um, so and then by me, stop. one thing I, I did learn, I felt as though I could do more without the alcohol. When reality, I thought the alcohol was making me do certain things, you know, do certain things, but it wasn't. I, it also made it worse because the depression really set in, but not knowing that you're dealing with depression. I can remember times I could be driving, and I even said to a friend one time, I said, you know what, I don't, I just don't feel good. You know, I don't know why. It wasn't nothing wrong. Nothing happened. I was just, I was just like, I don't feel well. And then listening to you and talking about your, you know, your symptoms and everything, then I realized maybe I'm dealing with that. But I didn't know that I was because I'm looking at, like, maybe certain situations, you know. But I was just in an unhealthy environment. And it just didn't make me feel good, especially when everything falls on your shoulder. You're you're the one that everybody goes to. You're the one that everybody looks to for something else. And it was just that that was my mental way of checking out. And I was never a drinker growing up. It was a lot of alcoholics in my family. Um, I was never a drinker. I didn't start until late in in forties. And I was like, "Wow, okay, this this is what it is." But I don't consider, and this is also too what we talked about in therapy. I never thought I don't feel like I'm a alcoholic. I just maybe it's abused because there's at times that I could stop when I wanted to, but then something to trigger and it clicks. So then by me going to therapy, speaking to a psychiatrist, and getting on the right medication, it actually just, I didn't need, I didn't need that extra boost, as I would say. So yeah, the therapy definitely works. I would never, I would never have thought about doing therapy until I seen you go through your, your, your struggles, um, you know, trying to be there for you. Okay, but at the same time, I'm dealing with something. And knowing that all of my things is affecting everyone else, that's when that's when I just started, you know, really to take um, therapy seriously. Because I also I also did um, self self sabotage myself, which also caused the family to be in a big disarray. But at the time, I thought that's what I was doing for me to get out of a certain situation. I'm glad I did, you know, because now I'm refocused and and I'm moving along now. I am back to pretty much myself. 
Yeah, I think it made me think about there's this thing that I saw on Instagram and it says, check on your strong friend. The person that's always the strong person that everyone is always going to is sometimes the person that's going through the most and hurting, but you would never be able to tell, tell because they are the person, the strong person. So it's a quote that they say, check on your strong friend. And I can absolutely agree with that. I would, um, because like you said, when, when you're the one, I'm like the, I would say I'm like the glue amongst the family because I'm, I'm, I'm attached to the older generation, but also the younger generation. So usually if things are trying to get together, like, you know, for whatever, I'm like the one that pretty much, you know, everybody would go to because I'm the one that pretty much keeps in contact with everybody. Um, and then also too, like help dealing with my grandmother, um, and sometimes it gets overwhelming, but you just keep going and keep going. So I guess that would be like my, my mental breakdown. Um, I guess it may have came maybe like in August of last year. That was my rock bottom. And I didn't, I couldn't see, a, I couldn't see ahead. I couldn't see back. I couldn't even see a light at the end of the tunnel. It was, everything was just all dark. And it was like pretty much that I had gave up. But then I realized, you know, I got all these people that's around me. They're looking. They're looking at me to do things. I was still taking care of certain things, but I still wasn't taking care of myself. And now I'm actually glad. Maybe there's a reason, you know, what you went through, you know, in order for me to see certain things within myself. Did I you? Time. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> you know me. If I don't say it right then and there, I must forget. <laughs> I'm Dory. Remember? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, did you ever? feel like my struggles were your fault and what advice would you give to a parent who feels like their child's mental illness or their challenges is their fault? Yes and no. Yes and no. I felt as though, um, as far as your struggle, yeah, maybe I did something, um, not realizing I did something like, you know, to hurt you. But then on the other hand, I did know that when it's dealing with mental is the brain. So it's like really nothing that could be done because far as I thought, when you coming up, you wasn't around a lot of dysfunction as the other siblings were. Um, you pretty much had, you know, you had me and, and your grandmother and we always pretty much worked together and it was always calm. It was just good times, good vibes. But I guess when other people were introduced into the relationship, then I could say maybe it would seem something that, was there that I didn't as far as from you um the advice I would give to another parent really just have to listen you have to listen to what they say you have to watch you know certain things if 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 they're doing something out of their ordinary or out of their norm um and just have conversation you know you have to talk you have to talk to your children and find out you know what's going on you know find out how they think And if they're telling you something, don't dismiss it because it may be your belief, you know, depending on how you were brought up. You know, don't dismiss what they're saying because what they're saying is relevant to them and it's important to them. And if it's something that's hurting them, then you have to address it because there's times that even having conversations with you and just listening, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, how can I help her? You know, even when you get snappy, I'd be like, oh. I don't feel like talking to nobody. Okay. 
And then when and then it was harder for us because we are so far of a distance. So it wasn't like I could just go knock on your door or take a ride down. Um, you were hours away, especially when I call you and you don't answer and then you'll just text. And I guess that was also one of my traits, you know, as far as us. When I shut down, I don't want to talk to nobody or nothing. So that would be it. Just talk to your children, know what they're doing. You know, just ask them, hey, how are you feeling today? You know, let me know how you're feeling. Because I didn't know about how I was feeling. It took me time. Like like you said, everybody asks, how are you doing today? I'm fine. And they keep on walking, going about their business. In reality, you're you're hurting. Imagine if you went to someone and say, uh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm not doing good right now. Um, my cat my cat needs surgery. You know, my bills need to be done. I'm hungry. How would a person look at you? They ain't going to know what to say. So everybody just put on that facade and just be like, okay, let's go. But we must talk to one another, especially the ones, especially your loved ones, the ones that you're close to, and you know they're different, um, you know, their attitudes and things. So if they're, if one time if they're, you know, up and about and moving around, now they're not. You notice that they're not doing certain things that they, you know, normally do. Put them to the side and have a conversation and really listen. Now I have to, those are great words of encouragement. Now I have to ask you some other words of encouragement, because now that you're out of the abusive relationship, what words of encouragement would you give to another mother or a woman um, who's in an abusive relationship and feels trapped? Wow. Honestly, that's something that I probably still will work on because when you're in a situation or even in a relationship, Someone can say, if I was you, I would do this and I wouldn't do that. But it's not like that. If you're in that situation, it's hard for someone to tell you you should do this or you should try this. Um, because work for one person may not work for another person. But what I would what I would encourage um, for that particular person that may be in um, an abusive, I don't like saying abusive, I'm sorry, unhealthy situation. Um, an unhealthy situation have someone that you can confide in, someone that you can talk to, um, and just and just talk about certain things. I would definitely say get a therapist because having someone, because sometimes it's kind of hard to talk to friends because they, they're coming from a place of love and they're not really wanting to help you. I would say seek therapy. That would be the first thing. And this way they can help you um, go through different situations that you're going through, talk about it, help you notice if you are anyone and what would be the best course for you in order to mentally be prepared to step out of the, um, and step out of that relationship. Like I said, that was my rock bottom. I just gave up everything, stopped paying bills. And then eventually um, we had to relocate. That was the only way that I felt as though that I can get away from certain situations. It might not have been the best situation, but that was, the, that was the decision that I made for myself at that time just reacting, not really thinking about anything. And the last question I have is, how do you practice self-care? Hmm. Still working on that one. Because <laughs> I noticed, because I used to say, okay, what can I do for myself today or, or this and that? Really, my self-care is just learning to be happy. You know, don't necessarily do anything. Um, if I'm able to do something for the family, that's part of my self-care. And also, a couple weeks ago, I was making me and your sister 
was making my lunch. And she said, Mom, I'm going to put a new in inside the um, inside your lunch. We were cutting up carrots. So I said, okay. So, but I'm thinking it was going to be like a little post-it note. But it was a whole letter. And it it almost made me cry because basically not knowing that she understood certain things that was going on. And the letter pretty much says that, you know, she loved me. Um, she see that I'm doing better because I'm smiling more. I'm laughing more, having more fun. Um, she appreciate me. And that touched me because that means she see me. All the mess that I was doing, I mean, going through, you know, whether it was the drinking, being around certain people that I didn't really want to be around, you know, just being hurt. She's seen it. And that right there, just it just it just does, done something to me. So I don't really think about self-care as like going to get my hair done and nails done. It could be just as simple as just ordering my um, shea butter from Jennifer, <laughs> you know, or just doing something because I like smell good. Um, self-care is just doing something that that I enjoy. Your diffuser, that could be a part of your self-care. You use your diffuser with the essential oils. And you know what? And I use it every night. See, that's one of the things you take for granted. My diffuser, I use that every night. As soon as I come home, I'll be like, hiya. I know. Yeah, go get my my essentials started. Yeah, but that's definitely because, oh, it smells so good. You said that's something you're still working on, self-care? Yeah, about, yeah, about my self-care. Because right now, I'm, my mind is to kind of like recoup what I've, what I've given up. I don't want to say lost. Um, recoup what, I'm give, what I gave up to get back to where I was. Um, and I'm doing it now with a clear head. So actually now I can see, I see the vision. I know where I want to go. I know where I want to be. And then and another thing too is when you're in a situation like that, it's easy. Even if you find yourself that you were out of it, Sometimes it's easy to get stuck back in because it's your norm and that's what you're that's what you're used to. And then when somebody tells you, Oh, then they're not gonna want you or you're not gonna be able to have anybody or you know, things like that, that also helps bring down your self esteem. So definitely therapy, therapy, therapy. Therapy. That's all that's I a part of self care too. Yeah, therapy, yes. Therapy. Self care by going to therapy taking your medication, uh, using your diffuser, using your shea butter. Those are all self-care practices. That is true. That is so true. Like you said, sometimes you just do something, you know, on a norm, not really thinking about, you know, self-care. Everybody's self-care is, oh, I'm going to do this. But you're right. There's a lot of things I do every day for self-care. Yep. Well, that's, those are all the questions I have. Thank you, Mommy, for joining me on the podcast I can't wait for this episode to air because I know it's going to be good. So that wraps up this special edition podcast episode on my birthday with my mama. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I look forward to talking to y'all next week. You all have a blessed week and thank you so much for listening. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.